0: Hello friends, it's Ariel Hawani of The Ringer MMA
1: Show. I'm Chuck Mindanao And I'm Petey Carroll. And together we are three pack. Follow and listen to The Ringer MMA feed exclusively on Spotify for all the latest
0: in the world of mixed martial arts. And join us live on Spotify Green Room after every big
1: event. See you then. Love yous. Mwah. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other. This is Fairway Rollin'. The golf podcast on the Ring of Podcast Network, and I am your starter, Joe House, my birdie buddies. It's a three ball today. We are bringing big energy because there are big stories all across the golf universe. And by golf universe, I mean the entire golf world. Let's not wait. We have our homeboy, Jason Sobel, from the Action Network. We have our PGA Tour correspondent on the ground, Nathan Hubbard. Their first, he's wide open for this handsome threesome. Let's get it on. All right, we got Jason Sobel here. We got Nate Dog here, Sobel. Welcome back from Phoenix, Arizona. Congratulations on surviving the week. Uh, we're very jealous on the one hand to see all the traffic you caught, all of the 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 biggest names in golf coming by and giving you a little time and attention and love. and i'm 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 interested in, as a kickoff point, your reaction to this. It feels like this event is possibly right now, we're talking about the Waste Management uh, Open in Phoenix, Arizona or Scottsdale, or wherever they have it, um, now like at an upper echelon kind of place. It occupies a place in the golf stratosphere that it just feels big time to me. Am I right about this? Well, first off, hello, boys. Uh, good to talk to you again. Thanks
2: for having <laughs> me on. Happy New I thought, Year!
0: I, happy New You can't say Happy New Year in February. That's ridiculous. That's uh, the
2: first time I've seen you. I, well, I, you guys haven't it had me on It feels like for New Year's Day. It must feel like New Year's Day. There's so much drinking that happens in Phoenix that week. I have know. you fully recovered?
0: So, okay. Well, first of all, I thought you guys had forgotten about me. It took me, you know, within an ounce of losing my life in Phoenix for you guys to actually have me on <laughs> back on the pod. I will tell you that... Uh, I had a good week in Phoenix. I left Saturday morning to get out. I can't do like Saturday afternoon there. It's just it's too much for me. I'm I'm old guys. I I can't I can't withstand it. It's that a anymore. lot. It's a lot.
1: You're you're talking to two old guys. We get but, this.
0: Yeah, but I will say that on Friday I played a little hooky and I went and hung out in the stands on sixteen for a while and then you know, after I got done with the stands I went in like one of those cool little suites on eighteen and like yeah, had the free nice. food and the free drinks and those are didn't nice. watch any golf just kind of hung out and did some people watching instead, but no, I hung out in the stands on 16 for a while. A bunch of the guys I've known forever who started going, they're my age. They're 45, 46 years old. They started going to the WM Phoenix open when they were Arizona state students back in 1997, 98. Wow. The guys in the Arizona, Arizona state jerseys, then the Minnesota Vikings jerseys on the weekends. You've seen them on TV for years. And so I went up in the stands and I basically like, I wanted to see it from the perspective of a fan. And I can tell you that, watching on TV during my radio show today, we had people calling in saying, ah, they're all just drunk idiots who are throwing no. stuff. Sure. there are some of them. Absolutely. Are, are some people of the 20,000 people that are in the stadium seats around 16 drunk? Yes. Some of them are. I can tell you that I sat there and had conversations with about golf, about life, about work, about whatever, just in general, with at least three or four dozen people who are in our section on Friday afternoon. And did we all have a beer at our hands? Yes. Were anyone like fall out, fall down, pass out drunk? No, not at all. It's just people enjoying golf, enjoying the day, enjoying life.
2: Yeah. And th- what they never show is that huge line to get into 16. People, <laughs> people just cram in and wait to get in. And you're right. I think, look, I never want to be in that last group on Friday night coming up. You know, when you tee off of 10, and then you're coming up 9 on Friday night, that green's impossible, and there are those grandstands there. There's always some stragglers who are just shit-faced and making too much noise. But generally speaking, the thing I come away from this weekend worrying about is because both Sam Ryder and Ortiz, followed by Thomas's chip-in, and then whatever the fuck Higgs and Damon did, got so much attention for the rowdiness— that people are going to, somebody's going to take it too far. It was so damn fun this week, and it's shown such a great light on what golf can be. doesn't have to be all the time, but can be from time to time. I'm with you, House. It feels like this event, because of the strength of the field, because of the great play, and because of the fans, just took another step this week. You agree with that, Sobel? Yeah, I will say
0: the biggest difference to me And yes, I I do think it was bigger this week and granted you get two holes in one and all of a sudden the celebrations, the antics are going to be a little more different than when you have no holes in one for the last seven years. So yeah, there's, there's something to um, cause and effect there, but I will tell you guys the biggest difference for me, and I've been covering this event on and off for the last, what, 18 years now, I've probably done it 10, 12 times. And for me back in the day, the PGA tour didn't really embrace it. They understood it. Hey, it's a party and we understand it. We know right. it's going to be loud and raucous, but we're not I really going to endorse it. it. I mean, remember back in the day, James Hahn did the Gangnam style dance like right. 16 green. Everyone's like, oh my gosh. And right. granted, social wasn't as big back then, but I felt like the PGA tour shied away from it. Like, hey, that's okay, but we're not going to really show it off and we're not going to do anything with it. The PGA tour, I guarantee there were, there were folks in the PVB offices on Monday morning, counting the, the likes and the retweets and the impressions on social from great. all the stuff that they had this weekend, and they had a huge smile on their face.
2: Yeah, the 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 Sam Ryder hole in one was the PGA Tour's first like authentic TikTokable moment. Mm. My kids all saw that and said, Did you see the hole in one? There's been fun stuff that's happened before. Bryson's, you know, hitting over the lake in Florida. Like, those a few of those moments, but this was the big one, and it really stood out. I mean, this one dug deep into the culture beyond golf this weekend, and I'm, I'm so happy to see the two are embracing it. Under normal circumstances, they probably would not post Joel Damon ripping his shirt off and waving it around <laughs> in, the, in the crowd, but they totally grabbed it. Now, I, I just got to get this one over with Sobel because the only thing that they did not embrace this week was the Charlie Hoffman stuff. Yeah. And... That was a big social moment as well. It didn't hit TikTok, but it certainly hit Twitter. And Golf Twitter had quite a field day Friday night with Charlie Hoffman's comments, complaining about the rules, saying that the tour doesn't protect the players. Phil and Bryson chiming in in the comment section. Charlie, of course, woke up and tried to clean up the mess a little bit, both figuratively uh, with his sponsor, WM, but literally in the post that he made. But I have to tell you, I can't believe they didn't show him on TV coming into the stadium on 16. Did you get any feedback on the ground? Was he heckled? Because he started the day. Charlie Hoffman did that. He lost seven shots tee to green on Saturday. He started double bogey. All three of his tee shots were either in the native area or the water coming Mm -hmm. off. So he was unfocused. What we didn't get a sense of was, was that crowd letting him hear it? What did you hear about that?
0: I, I honestly never heard much. I was on a plane when it was happening, Nate. So I, I didn't hear much about it afterwards. I'm guessing if he got a, a rousing round of booze from uh, the fans, either B O O S or B O O Z E either way. Yeah. Uh, we would have heard about it and seen some of it on television, but I'm not sure it. quite honestly that the, the WM Phoenix open fans quite understand the nuance of what Charlie's getting after there. golf fans and hashtag golf Twitter. Those people understand like, whoa, what is he saying? Why is he saying that You're, you think
2: maybe it didn't break out into no, the broader
0: 21 year old co-ed from Arizona state. Who's sitting yeah. in the stands. Isn't like, did Charlie really threaten to go to the Saudi golf league? Because he didn't like a rule when the ball <laughs> dropped into the water. I mean, they're just, I think it's a little too much detail for them, but
2: did he have a point? I no. mean, because Tagala said on 17 on Sunday, after he put, you know, what he thought was a great tee shot in the water, that he rushed his process a little bit because he was worried the ball after the drop was going to roll back in the water, and that maybe if he'd taken more time, he could have saved a stroke there. Did he? Did he have a point? Not in I should go take the Saudi money, <laughs> but did he have a point around the rules? Because you and I both know. Look, we all talk to some players. There are some players who are not happy with, A, the way the rules are made, and B, a lot of times, let's be honest, there are rules officials that get along well with players, and then there are those who really, really don't. And uh, the players, you know, Charlie Hoffman's on the council, so I'm not exactly sure what he's complaining about. But did he have a little bit of a point that that specific rule is a little nuts?
0: Sure, but that's like saying, hey, the traffic light is too long at the end of my road. So, so I'm moving I'm, to Australia. I'm going to burn the whole town to the ground and move to Australia. I mean, what <laughs> what are we doing here, Charlie? I, I didn't understand anything about wow. it. What is he trying to get? Uh, so he said he wanted to get attention with this post. Well, I, I guess based on what he's saying that congratulations, Charlie Hoffman, mission accomplished. You were, you were able to get some attention yeah. for uh, the fact that you didn't like the rule where you – placed his ball and it dropped back into the water and he was, he had to to dock himself another stroke. So I, I don't understand it. Look, Charlie says, you know uh, they need to stick up for us more. Charlie's on the player advisory board. He's one of four players. I mean, he's literally like, you're talking about yourself that you're the one of the people that's in that room kind of making the rules and understanding policy. And, and he's talking about being protected. You have W M all over your clothes. You literally yeah. are standing in a garbage, uh, container, a garbage, uh, a mini garbage yeah, a trash truck. truck. Yeah. And you're getting paid by the company that is sponsoring the event. I mean, it all just felt so weird to threaten for the Saudi league.
2: Ah. I love your comments on this. You were firm about it on Twitter. You You've been that way on your radio show. Look, you know, House and I, we take the scraps when the players come through and they come talk to us, but your job is to talk to these guys almost Mm -hmm. every single day. You were really firm with your comments. How do you balance the idea of being critical of players, but also knowing that you've got to keep up a relationship with these guys because you are, in in a lot of ways, you know, a, a face to these guys every single day? How do you think that one through?
0: It's really hard, Nate. I will tell you right now that there is no one... I like having a parking lot conversation with for 20 or 30 minutes on the PGA tour more than Phil Mickelson. Yeah. I I, I respect Phil. I like Phil. I enjoy speaking with he Phil. He follows you. He he Phil. fucks with you on Twitter. Phil fucks with me on Twitter. Phil he didn't you. no, he hasn't been blocked, blocked, blocked yet. Everybody he else. Block. He blocked exactly. everybody. I yeah. know. I know. Uh, he's done some really nice stuff for my family in the past. I mean, Phil has been really good to me in the past. That said. I still think it's complete bullshit that he can call out the PGA tour for quote unquote, obnoxious greed. When he's talking about, I want to go maybe play in the Saudi league so I can protect my own media rights and make more money. I mean, the whole thing is just, uh, there's a certain, uh, there's a certain irony to this entire thing where, um, there's obnoxious greed everywhere. And I'm, I'm not trying to, stick up for the pga tour over phil or anything like that but the pga tour the saudi league phil mickelson the other players it's all obnoxious greed and i get it from the standpoint of hey well we're not as rich as them so we're jealous of them and we think they're greedy for taking more money no look you should always take more money and i understand that i was speaking with one player off the record on the range in phoenix the other day and he made a great point he said what's going to happen if at some point these guys take the money, they take $50 million, $100 million, whatever it might be, they go play full time in the Saudi Golf League. At some point, Phil Mickelson or whoever it might be is asked about, what do you think about the Saudi government and things they've done in the past? And they say e- either on the record and say it you know, a little too honestly or off the record and somehow it gets made on the record, but somehow it gets out that they're critical of the Saudi government and their human rights record and the heinous acts they've committed in the past. And all of a sudden, you're working for them. You're, you're not working for Greg Norman. You're working for the Saudi government. That's what this is. And so it gets back to them. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you're putting yourself in a really bad position where you're not just taking money to go play golf. You're taking
1: money to give up everything ethically and morally that you believe in. So that's, that's the position that we're in, though. And I did not intend for us to go all the way down the Saudi hole right off the top. Because I do want to return to the Phoenix spectacle, the place of of this tournament on the calendar, how it fits with the tour, the rise of the tour, how it fits with all of these great players coming and playing. The strength of field was unprecedented. And next year, the fact that the Super Bowl will be in Phoenix at the same time as this golf tournament, all of those things. Plus, we got to give a shout out to Scheffler and, and Sahith, right? Um, But let's finish off the Saudi thought first, right? So my answer to the the question of whether or not these guys are going to be on the record or off the record as it relates to views on the Saudi government, I, I believe that they will all have the same answer with respect to that, which is I don't know anything about it. I'm not here for that. I play golf on this golf tour. That will be the standard thing, although I could be surprised. And the reason that I'll countenance the possibility of being surprised is because I'm absolutely dumbfounded, flabbergasted, uh, speechless at how stupid the rollout of this Saudi concept has occurred over this last month. They picked a time on the schedule um, to, to, uh, you know, where you have great players playing at iconic venues where the American sporting public whose eyes I believe are important to the Saudis. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about this. Like maybe the the, the, the premise I, I have wrong, but I believe that at some point they intend to televise this competitive golf that's being sponsored by the Saudis. I don't know who's going to show it, some kind of streaming entity. But if they intend to televise it, I imagine the American public is, the American sporting public is is uh, part of the their customer base that they're after. If your PR concept for rolling this thing out and saying, hey, this is an alternative to what you get on the PGA Tour, um, and that alternative is going to be interesting for the following reasons. The way Phil came out of the the (laughs) shoot Guns Blazing and then to follow it up with the Charlie Hoffman, it shows a level of uh, disconnect, uh, an incredible tone deafness, uh, just an inability to think through how, how are we going to, to, to sell this to the American public in the first place? Like they're, they're already behind and they didn't, these are unforced errors. Nobody told Phil that he needed to go on and make, you know, uh, try, try and demonize, uh, the PGA tour. Nobody told Charlie that, Oh, uh, if you, if you, you know, have a mishap on the golf course, take that as an opportunity to bolster the Saudi thing. What the fuck is going on? What are they doing? Like, is is this uh, uh, emblematic of of the Greg Norman experience? Is this wait what till we you can see the expect?
2: Greg, wait till you see the Greg Norman doc coming out in a month or so. Oh, well,
1: geez. which doc? The thirty for thirty or or yes, the, the, yes, the yeah? Yes. Well, right, of course, yes. of course. I, so I anyway, you. you you can see I'm loaded up here. So well, but none of this makes any fucking sense. That's why. House, I'm gonna.
0: And this is almost a little embarrassing, but I can write it better than I can say it. This is the, this is the lead to my Genesis Invitational preview this week. I'll be honest here. I'm not exactly sure when the best time to recruit the world's premier golfers and promote a rival golf league, largely based on promises of massive contracts, to sportswash prior human rights misdeeds, really is. But during a stretch that's included brilliant golf porn in the form of gorgeous scenery and unparalleled spectator support at the game's biggest party. This probably ain't it. It might be difficult to find a lull in the PGA Tour's annual schedule when the product seems more ordinary than extraordinary, but it's fairly simple to realize that the current sequence of events is not one easily infiltrated, and I think I'm essentially agreeing with everything you just said there because I I don't know when a good time is. Yeah, maybe the the
2: 3M or the the Rocket Mortgage 3M Rocket Mortgage September, October, what the fuck? I,
0: I don't know. It makes no sense. Um at this point, I think most American golf fans, whether it's been a subconscious PR attack and, and a little spin uh, control from the PGA tour or not, but it seems like a large majority of fans who are out there are essentially backing the PGA tour and those who will stay for the PGA tour and don't care. It's like, hey, don't let the door hit you on the way out if you're going to the Saudi Golf League, and they just don't care too much about those players. And uh, quite honestly, between us guys, I mean, well, between us, between us and everybody listening and yeah. everybody else out there. Just uh, us. I w- yeah, just, us. uh, I would make the point that it doesn't feel competitive anymore. If you're going to pay a guy 50 million, 60 million, 70 million, whatever it is, it feels like a competitive ice skater, essentially going to the Disney on ice capades afterwards and like traveling the country and skating around, or it feels like a gymnast who joins Cirque du Soleil after the Olympics. It's like, well, you're still sort of playing your craft, but you're not doing it a competitive aspect. And that's what it feels like to me, and it is going to happen on this thing.
2: Everything that you just said about the PGA, like the past couple of weeks have been so great. The, the, the fact that, you know who took feedback and made really good choices? CBS. CBS mm. showed Pebble Beach so beautifully. And then this week, they made some changes. We got Amanda and Colt on the 16th. Like Amanda's getting rained down on and, and the interviews with the players were fantastic. They made good choices about which players to follow. And then on top of that, you had Tigala, who is the guy that Phil and Bryson are afraid of because he's the one who comes up and is that, you know, first-time winner who takes the prize money away. And guess what? The crowd loved him. And and we had a star is born this weekend, not to be outdone. Scotty Scheffler and his nine under. Uh 62 on Saturday, somehow snuck up and took this thing away. We were looking at the odds last week, Sobel, and Scheffler was like weirdly high on the board for, for what we were sort of feeling in a loaded field. And we talked about it and said, this looks a lot like when Luke List was sitting high at Tory." What do they know that we don't? And the answer is, I guess they knew that he was going to storm from behind. We've been waiting for the Scheffler win. What did you see this week that finally made it happen
0: yeah i mean so a lot of the same things that we've seen from scotty scheffler over the last couple of years quite honestly he was rookie of the year on the pga tour we saw him last year do everything but win make the Ryder cup team beat john rom in sunday singles if you still had questions about scotty scheffler i get it until this past weekend he had never won a pga tour event but the guy beat not only the number one player in the world but a guy who looked veritably unbeatable for the first two days at whistling Straits. you're like oh Yeah, just throw up a lame duck against John Rom because we're not going to beat him. Well, let's throw Scotty Scheffler out there. Yeah, Scotty took care of him, no problem. This guy's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spoke with his uh, old assistant coach at the University of Texas, Jean-Paul Hebert, on the radio show today. And he said, look, he he doesn't want to have any weaknesses, which is kind of the same thing I see. And this is sort of a trademark of a lot of the great players in the game right now. Whether you look at Rom, you look at Xander Shoffley, you look at Patrick Cantley, you look at Justin Thomas the most part jt uh you don't really see any part of their game where you say well they hit it long they basically keep it in play iron games are really good wedge game pretty good around the greens they can make some putts get hot with the putter i mean that's golf there's nothing left after that you have the right mentality for it and all of a sudden you're you're the quintessential five tool player in this game and scotty scheffler is that five tool player i don't think you pointed anything and go well if he could only hit wedges from 100 yards out he'd be a lot better well
2: yeah it was closing was wasn't was it everything i yeah. mean i mean he shot the 59 uh in, in in at tpc boston but then couldn't sort of close out the deal and there was just it was sort of like why isn't he getting himself to the top now the answer you know we could be asking rom that too who's won a u.s open and then keeps finishing up high and not breaking through the answer is it's freaking hard to win a golf tournament right of course. but 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 he followed up the 62 with just a pretty incredible comeback. I mean, DataGolf had him at, what, 0.2% to win to start the day and 1.7% or something after the bogey on 12.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tremendous. So I, by the way, I want to throw a question back at you guys because these are two of my favorite young players out there, and I could probably throw more players in the mix with these guys as well. But over the next 10 years, let's say, you want Scotty Scheffler or Sam Burns?
1: Mm, damn. Why'd you have to do that? I love exactly. Sam Burns. I put yeah, him Everyone on. loves both of these guys I everyone thinks my... they're
2: superstars. So I think it's I think very it's Scheffler for me. I, I do too.
1: I think it's gonna be Scheffler for me. Um just a teeny Close. the teeniest, Close. tiniest, teeniest, tiniest bit of consistency. Plus, he isn't he like a shade younger, a hair younger, half a half a they're I think very... He's a very better putter. He looks twice his age. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but that's this true. Is, it is always my response to Nate when he says, when's somebody going to close? Like, the dude's been playing professional, like, at, you know, on tour for two years now, yeah. uh, if, if that, right? We've got his win. The guy that I think it's worth asking that of, though, is Xander Shoffley. But we don't have to go deep on that. Now, the, the gold medal was, was uh, a, a good win, but he hasn't won on tour since 2018. Is that right? Think something like 18 Early 19, I believe 19th okay. century okay. tournament of champions. Okay. So it's over okay. three years. All right. Yeah. Um, but I do want to touch on something uh you flagged, which is, you know, what is Scheffler's um weak point. He he did overcut the T-ball on 18 a few times there during the replay, <laughs> which is really just a vehicle for me to complain about them playing goddamn 18 again and again and oh. and again. We have to figure, Ugh. work this out. Can we okay. not fix this? Come on, JS, let's do this. Two things, and I hate to
0: pile on because I thought everything about the WM Phoenix Open was awesome. I think the Thunderbirds do a fantastic job. They sort yes. of, they get out of the way Incredible. and they let, Incredible. they let people enjoy themselves. There are a lot of other events where uh, they'd have marshals in the face of these fans yes. going, hey, shut up, be quiet. You can't do that. Here, it's just like, let people be, let them enjoy themselves. And so I don't want to be too critical of this tournament. Two things, though. Get them off an hour and a half earlier on Sunday, please. I mean, it's ridiculous that uh, they, they essentially let two, three hours of daylight go in the morning before they got them off. And then they run into the Super Bowl every year. I didn't when see Scotty's putt. Playoff, I was split I screen. Either... I was split
2: screen. I saw I was... every other highlight. I didn't see his putt. And I didn't even see it on social media because it got buried under all the Super Bowl tweets. Yeah.
0: I was at a friend's house. We had three TVs. I was able to commandeer one for golf for the first two playoff holes. As soon as it went to the third playoff hole, I don't know what happened, but the Super Bowl went on that TV as well. And same thing. I was looking at Twitter. I saw Scotty Scheffler wins the WM Phoenix. Okay. Did he celebrate? Did he fist pump? I didn't even see I, I watched there it was so live. much emotion that he, like, it was was overcome.
1: Yeah. I did see it because really? I had the split screen. Yeah. Oh, he was fired up. It was huge because he, he missed a super makeable putt on 18. The putt he missed on 18 in regulation yeah, the was a, was a, was a make. I mean, that was a little bit of, a... yeah. he, he he was feeling the moment. So in the same manner, he felt the moment when, when that long one that you don't expect to go in rolled right in at, at, at the perfect pace, but, okay. but come on. So let's get off 18. We got to get off 18 house. You mentioned,
0: I mean, yes, that was the second part of this. First part is, Move up the tea time. So you're getting, I don't care if you end an hour and a half before the Super Bowl starts. Like, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to back it up so that you end two minutes or uh, before it. And the second part is 18 is just a boring finishing hole, yeah. quite honestly. There's nothing the to it. It's hard, fine. But- Yeah. Yeah, T-shot's hard. It's fine. There's some bunkers down the right. Okay. it doesn't
2: even have the most fans. Like just play 16, 17, 16, 17, 16, 17. And honestly, you can't have
0: those two
1: holes and then, and and do a playoff on stupid 18. When you have those holes right there.
0: I know. And if you said 16 was, I don't know. It's too over the top. It's too great. Fine. 17 17. is one of the best risk reward holes on the PGA tour. Go there. The, the old excuse is, well, All the fans have already gone to 18, and we don't want to do it in front of nobody. We don't want to go in Hartford to the sixth hole, two miles away from the the clubhouse, and there's nobody there. Guess what? This is different.
2: It's TBC Scottsdale. There's going to be people no matter where you go. It worked at the Riv last year. Everybody's fine.
1: And and to Nate's
2: point, it's not like all 20,000 people sitting around
1: 16 will have left. Go do 16. If that's your thing, own it.
2: Uh, Own it. I mean, one, I'd love to see a playoff on sixteen. Are you kidding? It's the one chink in the armor. I, I just don't I I don't get why they did it that way. But we saw a lot this week. That who was your pick last week, so Keith Mitchell was. Yeah.
0: The uh, outright not bad. selection. I was very yeah. high on Justin Thomas as well. I, I, I and, and, and that's where
2: player. I want to go because that's yeah. what I thought. What is going on with the putter? What know. he was second tee to green. He was awful. Coming into Sunday, he was losing, like, he lost three strokes in the first three days putting. I, I it's, a, it's a weird time for him. He was 60th in putting, second tee to green. He I mean, the good news is he's going to win as soon as he gets the thing straight, right? He's, he's striking the shit out of the ball right now. He is going
0: to win something, Nate, by, he's not just going to win one. He's going to win by 17 shots at some point. Right. Like right. he's just gonna absolutely explode and we're gonna go whoa, where'd that come from? Well, it's been there. I mean he's uh, to me he almost looks like he's closer than Rom or Cantley right now and Rom, or mm. Can- Rom and Cantley have some really good results lately. I love Cantley this week. He's my favorite play on the board, so I'm not trying to speak ill of either of those guys, but I feel like JT is like really 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 close and he's almost holding himself back from playing better golf right. Now.
2: It, he's just got to figure out the putter. And you said Cantlay. Cantlay's the other way around. He, he gained three shots putting each day Thursday, Friday. He was basically losing strokes on approach until Sunday. And then Sunday, everything caught fire, and he just hung in there. It just does feel like with Cantlay that he's been sort of playing ho-hum and still almost winning golf tournaments. Yes. So w- with the field strength this week, it's, it's going to be fun to see them go. Uh, l- let me just ask you before we get off uh, Phoenix, the Joel and Harry thing on 16. H- Harry makes a par putt, shows the nips, uh, not to be outdone. Joel whips off the shirt. He's so fired up, by the way, and nobody talked about this, that he four putt 17 <laughs> after, after 16, which I just loved that he missed a bunch. of. He was just so jazzed. But was this, is there anything that you can criticize about that moment?
0: I mean, maybe they're it body was wonderful. Shapes. I mean, I, I don't want to body shame the guys, but I, I can, yeah. I mean, a few more you know, pushups. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Joel looked better push-ups. than when he
2: the last time I saw him. He looks he looked pretty good. <laughs> Wait, have you seen him with his shirt off? Before? Oh, yeah, he was in my pool last fall. Oh, yeah, well, there you go. Okay, Oh, that's good. Good for
0: him <laughs> then. <laughs> so, there's nothing new for you seeing these guys. No, I mean, again, if you're on the third hole at Colonial and you're walking up to the green, you rip your shirt off and you throw it into the stands. Probably something a little weird with that. You probably don't want to do that. You do it on 16 in Phoenix. Go ahead. Who cares? Come on.
1: Yeah. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. or your money back, because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it all while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Oh, just, you know, talking about, um, the, the spectacle that is that Phoenix tournament and we have, you know, 364 days to look forward to, um, a return. I, I i my only concern is that it's like kind of too big. Like it did it jump the shark this weekend because yeah, I mean you, the, the holes in one are the thing that's unpredictable and that's what drives everybody bananas. But it's, I mean, Nathan in the preview last week reminded us it's 250,000 people over the course of the, of those four days. It is a a, a national sporting event that is going to be, running the exact same weekend as Super Bowl weekend in Phoenix area. I mean, Phoenix is going to be the, you know, the the center of the sporting universe here in America um, next weekend. How can we possibly?
2: We need to re- get our hotel rooms right now for this.
1: Uh, seriously. Or, or just be prepared call. to fly in from wherever on, uh, you know, we're going to, f- 45 minutes away we'll we might to need to edit at...
2: that part out so nobody does it Instead
1: of, uh... <laughs> well, we'll go stay at one of the fancies right we'll go stay at uh yeah. you know one of the courses and then, and then we'll just True. We'll,
2: we'll get we'll take
1: our buggy on in there so um, total
0: aside guys did I ever tell you what I tried to do a couple of years ago when the masters was moved to the fall I essentially tried to reserve every hotel room in Augusta for whatever <laughs> weeks I thought the masters was going to be so bold just to hotel at 30x the amount that I paid for them. And I just, I missed the week. I, I just, uh, I had like everything leading up to it and everything afterwards. And then I had to go on my phone and sit there and click cancel, 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 like <laughs> 150
1: reservations that I
0: had tried. Yeah, for. I it like worked anyway.
1: It was a good try. Well, I want to bridge what we just enjoyed this past week with what's coming up in the upcoming week with Sahith Tagala because. That was a coming out party. I mean, the thing that we anticipated that indeed played out exactly as we kind of imagined was an extraordinarily chalky kind of leaderboard um, for Phoenix because it's the strength of field was was um, unparalleled in recent history and perhaps ever. It, it was perhaps the strongest field Phoenix has ever seen. And so Nate and I are sitting here like, good God, what are you going to do? Fade ROM? You're going to fade Cantley? You, you know, you're going to fade. JT. No, 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 no. We were, you know, chalk all the way through. We did not have on our dance card. So he Tagala. Uh, I mean, we tried to go down the list a little bit and find some names, but Sobo, you forecasted at the beginning of the year at the outset, you know, you did your look at 2022. Here's a guy, here's some names. And here's one name. I want everybody to make sure they're paying attention to. Give us a little flavor for, in the first place, why you were on Sahith, uh, you know, the beginning of the year, and then w- what you saw this past week and how it sort of plays out for you. First of all, House, if you're going to pay attention to the guy's name, you got to get it right. It's a Sahith. hit. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I've just, been getting names wrong for uh, on podcasts <laughs> for, for 10 years. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll do I, I, know. You made a whole, whole I point get my co-host's names like, like, know this wrong.
0: Name. And, and you called him Sahit. So, Tagala. Uh, Tagala. Mr. Okay. Mr. Tagala. Uh, I'll this call kid, him Mr. I, I look at guys. This is not some secret formula. I look at players, and I would do this if I was covering football, covering baseball, covering basketball. I look at players who've had success on every prior level. And so uh, two guys we just mentioned a little while ago, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, they were really good junior players. Yeah. They were really good amateur players, really good kickers and fairy players. And they got to the PGA tour and okay. It might not happen their first start, but at some point, they're going to be really good PGA tour players. And they have turned into that. I looked at Thigala and said the exact same thing. The kid won the Haskins, the Hogan and the Nicholas awards, maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you could have won all three of those and not quite been a pro prospect. You would have been like, well, but he doesn't hit it far enough. And, I don't know, It's kind of a weak class. These days, you can't win those three awards and not turn into an absolute stud as a professional. Something's going to happen to you as far as injury, as far as something else, Without, uh, if you're not going to absolutely make it as a star. And what we're seeing from Tigala right now is the fact that he is absolutely going to be a stud. He's going to be a really good player. And I think he's a really fun guy to root for. I mean, we saw a lot of tour players, corn ferry players on, on social media over the last couple of days saying, watch out for this kid. I mean, not only is he really good, but he's one of the nicest kids out here, and you're going to see a lot from him, and you're going to really like what you see. So
2: the emotion I am was all great. on the Figala train. I I love this kid. Did something flip? Because his first couple outings on tour, there was a lot of hype. And then his first couple outings on tour, he didn't really show up in a big way. He missed a lot of cuts and... He was just kind of mediocre. What, what has changed or evolved in his game? I mean, he didn't dominate any area this weekend. He just was, you know, high teens in all the key categories. Sunday wasn't his best off the tee or on approach, but he putt so well. He just seemed to have it. I don't know even how to describe it, right? He cared so much. The tears were great to see. Did you just see the stones in him? Or, or stones, is something swagger. developed? Yeah.
0: It's funny. Myself and Ben Everill from the PGA Tour, we did our swagger ranking going into the event last week and basically we listed i think it was 15 or 20 players that we listed and we listed all the guys that we thought had maybe more of an edge in phoenix because let's face it you're playing in front of thousands of people you need a guy that can show off off. you need a guy that says man i like the people." you need a guy that's gonna rip his shirt off and not be embarrassed by it i mean i give me a guy that's got some swagger as opposed to these guys are like Oh, but someone was yelling in my backswing. A little
2: bit. Yeah. And,
0: you know, I tried to make a putt, but you know, the beer can put an indentation in the green, I think. And I don't know. Just give me guys. I don't care, man. Yeah. Let's go. Let's party. I'm I'm going to go join you guys as soon as I'm done here. And so Figala, I don't know if he's a partier, but he certainly has that swagger. He's walking around with his shoulders held high and looks like a guy that's out there um, with a whole lot of confidence. So I think Nate, if anything's changed for him, it's the fact that I've always looked at him at least early in his career as a West Coast type of guy. I grew up in California and I do think that these West Coast events are the ones that favor him more. It's funny. I really liked him. I wrote him up in my preview at the American Express a few weeks ago. Yeah. Played okay. I wrote yeah. him up again at Tory Pines next week. Played okay. I didn't write him up in Phoenix cuz I was saving him for the Genesis <laughs> at Riviera where oh, I well, first met the kid. I met the kid there 5 years ago. Played in his first PGA Tour event. He was still an amateur. I'm like, man, I like this kid. He's going to be really good. I was saving it for Riv, and then he goes off in Phoenix.
2: Well, so how do you feel? Because Hoagie carried it over this week. From from uh, last week, he really was able to take what he did well at Pebble and play pretty darn well here for four rounds. Not something you usually see. Do you think he can carry it over? He's got another sponsor exemption. Strength the field even harder this week, although uh, a bunch of guys have dropped out today, which has been kind of weird, uh, but none of the top guys. So it's still top heavy. Has he got a shot to carry this over? Or Did you see some venting and release of emotion that might indicate he's going to have an off week?
0: I see something that's not quite as good as it was last week, which is yep. nothing to be ashamed about, but yep. I, I think he absolutely makes a cut, makes a run at a top 20. I like it for top 20, top 30 type plays. The number okay. is still pretty good on the betting board. Uh, I think it was 80 to one coming in and something like ooh, I, eight to one for a top 10, somewhere around there. So okay. I, I still think the numbers are pretty good uh, for those prop plays. I, I don't think he's going to go out and win based on what he did last week. But again, this is where I was really targeting him. I, I was kind of chumming the waters a little bit earlier in the, the West coast swing. I was skipping over Phoenix to get back to California where he played for the first time on the tour. So we'll see if it happens this week.
1: Well, he, here's the thing. I, I feel like maybe we're underselling him a little bit. Uh, his coming out party, his, his putting himself on the national stage in front of 250,000 people at, at physically at Phoenix and also on Super Bowl weekend. So eyes on golf because it's the only thing as the lead in to uh, the, the Super Bowl. Like, uh, hello, world. I mean, I think the guy has something. The, the word that, that comes to mind for me is charisma. And that's what the, the emotion that we saw. And that's the intensity that, that, he, that he showed us on 17 when he saw that ball go in the water. And that was him collapsing in his mother's arms and, you know, t- tears coming down his face at, at having that experience. He met, well, played in this event last year and made the cut. And he had um, the, the exemption because he won uh, something as, a, as an amateur, right? Didn't he win an event and get an auto uh, invitation? um in into this event or am i thinking of uh am i mixing him up with another player he may have okay well in in any event um an but in any uh case. in any event i love him after last week showing up at tiger's tournament after having announced his arrival and showing up at tiger's tournament at riviera a big boy golf course with by far now the best strength. I mean, it's not really. We, it's only February, so I don't want to overdo it. This is a major field. This field strength of of, of field wise, the only guys. Not. I, I haven't seen the list of who's dropped out over the course of today. But it's the guys, nobody.
2: It's nobody that made like Hayden Buckley ejected. I don't know why, but he's out.
1: Yeah, the guys missing are guys uh, who are hurt. It's Daniel Berger who can't yep. come because of his back. It's Bryson. Bryson because uh, either he's hurt or he's not playing in any more PGA tour events, depending on what, what, what you believe on Twitter, uh, which was today's, you know, he's funny clarified. He's tw- clarified. Tw- funny Twitter bit. Louis, media- he said it was the
0: media's fault, by the way. So yeah. <laughs> Apologies, Bryson. I didn't say yeah. anything about you, but I, on
1: behalf of all media,
2: yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll <laughs> take the breath. Of well, that
1: I the mean, show. get well soon. I'm rooting for him to be healthy. He, it seems like, you know, based on what we've seen from him, over these last, we'll do a quick Bryson, you know, take. I think he's hurt. I don't think he's going to defend uh, in Orlando. I don't think he's going to to API and, and defending. And if he does, it'll be, he'll be rusty. Cause I, I don't think that he's healthy. So what's funny
0: is that, and this all came from, I guess, no laying up yeah, something out on their podcast. Then someone else picked it up and tweeted. No laying up right. didn't even tweet about the Bryson stuff. They just said it. And then someone else tweeted what they said. So this is like a report of a report of a report that isn't really a report because they're not really media. So, I mean, the whole thing's kind of skewed in a weird way. Then Bryson came out minutes later and denied it vehemently. And then after this whole thing, which is getting all these retweets and likes and questions and replies, Ryan Lavner of the Golf Channel, right before we started recording this, said, spoke with Bryson's agent. He told me he's Still hurt, but hoping to get back for the API really wants to play there. He's going to do everything he can to make it back. I had looked at that for about 10 minutes before we started recording, and it had zero likes and zero retweets, which tells you a lot about the country right now, where one quote-unquote outlet can sort of report some news, and everyone gets bent out of shape about it, and then an actual outlet can report actual news, and no one seems to care about it whatsoever.
1: (laughs) Well, I didn't even see the Labner thing. It just is like... Yeah, he's hurt. You can tell. You can tell he's hurt. He's hasn't yeah. been healthy for a while um,
2: in, in any event. So well, let's, let's not talk about him because we got too yeah, good a field this week and we too an good a course. We an incredible field. When you look at this. Ten when of you, ten. Yes. Sobel, is it all about, I mean, these greens are hard to hit. We're going to have rain here uh, in Pacific Palisades for the next 24, maybe 36 hours. It's not going to be a lot. It'll soften it a little bit, but it has been hot this last week. We have had mm. heat in the 80s, 90s. So the Greens people there are working really hard. Phoenix was firm and fast. We had a slightly lower score than we than we or or higher score, I should say, than we usually do, right? 16 won it. Sometimes it's 18, sometimes mm-hmm. right. This week you're not gonna see anybody get to 16 under. So Is it because the greens are so tough to hit? Do you look at guys who have the, you know, around the green shots, gain strength? What are you looking for in guys who win this? Remembering that it was Max Homa, the L.A. guy who pulled through last year over over Tony Fino.
0: I mean, quite frankly, and I can say this about a lot of the classic golf courses, the great golf courses on the PGA Tours, that I hate to be a cliche, you have to do everything well. And we've seen some bombers that have won at this place in the past, Bubba, yeah. JB, Holmes, DJ. And so you look at it and you say, well, you got to hit it far. I don't know that that's necessarily true, but there's certainly a correlation there. I look at ball striking, just basically iron play iron play is important. I, they're probably 90% of the tournaments. And you know, for us prognosticating guys where we say, well, you're going to have to really strike, strike your ball. Well. well, this yeah. week." I, uh, yeah, no, no kidding. Tell me the event where you don't have to hit good iron shots, where you just yeah. drive it and put it all week. I mean, Of course you have to hit your irons well to hit your wedges well to succeed here. And then, yeah, you're going to miss some greens. You got to get up and down putting is uh, going to be all over the place. Yes. Probably the guy who puts really well is going to win, but he's also going to get really lucky because you're going to have five footers that hit the Poe and just kind of bump it offline a little bit. and They don't go in. You're going to have 15 footers that you misread and happens to hit something. They go in. So you're going to have to get a little bit lucky out there. So it's not necessarily the best putter who's going to win this thing. It's the guy who puts the best or maybe puts the luckiest.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the, the the stat for that five footer thing, I think it's like the, the second fewest makes from five feet in there's, there is a version of that stat that I'm sure I just botched, but the fewest five footers made versus, you know, Phoenix where, you know, the, the, the average of five footers made is, is up, you know, in the 80% kind of range, 70, 80% kind of range.
2: Yeah. Well, I know you've got your eyes on somebody this week, so I'm gonna let you finish and tell us who who you like coming in. I, I before you do that, I just want to get your take on one guy because the 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 top ten in the world ha- has been shifting around pretty dramatically with mm-hmm. some people playing better and winning, and Brooks bumped up, you know, four spots or whatever this week. Uh, or five spots this week. But as I sit there and look at the top 10, which, by the way, Bryson is not in right now. He's close, but he's not in. There's one guy who I stare at and go, I just don't remember w- what he's done since he won the Masters in the fall. And, and that's that's DJ. And, and I just want to know, do you think DJ right now is a top 10 player in the world? This is a course he thrives on. He pl- always seems to play this well. W- what do you expect from him in this moment? He's been quiet since the Ryder Cup.
0: Look, I. I don't want to make too big a deal of it. I I was going to say this is a big week for DJ, but quite honestly, there are no big weeks for DJ. That that makes it sound like he's nervous and anxious going into this. He's not. But I can tell you that from the perspective of this is the perfect golf course for Dustin Johnson. He has finished in the top 10 here every year, but one for the last decade. He has won here. He has finished in second here and third here. This, This is a great spot for DJ. He plays his best golf at this spot. He hasn't finished in the top five at an event. I believe it's in just under a year. I believe it was uh, almost a year ago, the last Mm -hmm. time he finished top five anywhere. Now, granted, that's a little bit skewed because I could also sit here and say, oh, DJ's finished in the top 10 or top 15 in six or seven events over the past year. We go, oh, that's pretty good. He's been playing well. He kind of floats to the top. Yeah, I don't have quite the numbers in front of me, but for a guy of his talent level, you would think, well this guy should win three times a year i always uh what i always say about dj is if you don't know anything about golf and you just you happen to turn on the tv and you watch dj play you look at him and go how does that guy not win all the time right that that guy's like big and strong and tall and uh just looks really confident and he makes putts how does he not win every single time he plays the fact that he doesn't speaks to just what golf is and how many other good players are out there but yeah i do think it's sort of a big week for dj to just sort of Prove to himself, prove to us exactly what he's got moving forward in 2022.
2: Yeah,
1: no, and he the added intrigue with him is he's one of the names you hear as being you know very uh, uh, open eared to the whole Saudi idea. He obviously went sure. over there and played, and you know some amount of money was offered to him, and he is uh, potentially one of the banner guys on on that uh, thing. And that was kind of one of the interesting elements, especially of of, of Phoenix, no Bryson no dj um no lee westwood no you know no tyrell hat and like all the guys that you kind of have up there uh associated with that saudi thing and somehow that phoenix thing was off the chain no i don't won't do that the kids you know the kids won't won't tolerate that <laughs> right, right. <laughs> anyway well but we have an unbelievable field you have as is always your way on mondays sketched out uh, you know, your horses for the courses, your top tens, your top twenties. So let's hear Talk some of the you. great great simple thoughts on this one. Oh
0: boy. I feel like I'm a little too chalky this week. I feel like you know, my Not
1: possible. My, I mean, my what usual, are you gonna do? It's the my
0: usual process. I will I'll tell you before I get into this. My process is usually like on Saturday Saturday, I start making some notes, just writing some names down, maybe look a couple things up online Sunday while I watch the final round of whatever event it is. I sit there and basically do the research for the next week, and I'm looking stuff up, and I'm making notes to myself, and I'm looking at ball striking numbers from that week moving forward, and I'm really getting into it. Well, Sunday happened to be. I played a little. I flew home Saturday from Phoenix. Played a little Super Bowl scramble at my club on Sunday afternoon. Then straight into a Super Bowl party. Got home late. It's already you know eleven o'clock Eastern time by the thing, time things ending. Wake up Monday, and I sort of feel behind the eight ball a little bit, and you start. When I do that, instead of like being able to sit back and think, a lot of the job I feel like is not necessarily researching, but thinking. Like, let me just sit back and think about what players I like. Instead, when you're hurried a little bit and you don't have time to go through that process, you start falling back on, well, so-and-so has played well here in the past, so I like him. And -and so-and-so has played well the last two weeks, so I like him. So Mm. that's my preface to why I don't feel as confident in these picks as I sometimes do. And sometimes when I feel really confident, It all goes south anyway, so maybe it's a good thing. But I've got my favorite outright this week is extremely chalky, the second play on the board. Patrick Cantley is just – this is a perfect golf course for him. He's a SoCal guy. He tends to bring his best stuff every single week. And like we said earlier, he hasn't really – I mean, it's been good over the last four events that he's played, top tens in all of them, playoff loss this past week. It hasn't been great. I feel like he could turn it up just a notch, just a little bit. And Patrick Cantley can go win this thing. So uh, I certainly think he is worthy of winning this. Moving on down the list a little bit. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick might be one of my favorite plays on the board for sprinkle a little outright and some prop plays. He is T5 number last one year. Guys. Yeah? yeah, T5 last year, 10th and 6th in his last two starts, last two weeks. Mm. He is number one on the PGA Tour in strokes gained total this year. I, that's usually a pretty good determination for guys who are playing good golf is
2: strokes gain total. Wow. I'm feeling excited about Matthew Fitzpatrick. He, he also, <laughs> he also last year, as I recall, we had, we had a couple of days of of wicked wind and he's, he's a wind mutter and, and was able to manage that wind better than a lot of players.
0: He's also really good when scores are tough. I mean, he's admitted, Hey, if it's a birdie fest and everyone's shooting 25 under, I'm probably not going to be in the mix. If it's 10 under and you've got grind out bars and the birdies mean a little bit more, that's my kind of event. So Uh, This is a place where I like him. By the way, is everyone in the world going to pick him at the country club for the U.S. Open this year where he won the USM? I think it was like 10 years ago. I mean, like literally everyone's he might wind up being 15 to one by the time they actually tee off on Thursday that week because everyone's going to pick him there.
2: Yeah. The great thing about this golf course is it does separate the players, doesn't it? I mean, you look at the Mm -hmm. leaderboard from last year. I mean, I, I like Taylor Gooch this week for two reasons. One, he was in that last group with Max. And didn't play his best, but Gooch is 6th total around the green, and this is, again, a place where you're going you're gonna to miss a lot of greens, so guys who can get up and down, there's a big premium on it. But you look at last year, I mean, he was 5-under, great, at basically, uh, uh, you know, he finished T12 or something. The winning score was twelve under. So this thing can really separate fast. And and unlike these past couple of weeks where it's felt a bit like a horse race down the stretch, you kind of gotta believe that some of these guys are gonna separate down the end. So I, I don't mind the Cantley pick. It does feel like between Cantley, Thomas, and Rom that we've got three really hungry players who just have had that one thing that's been off. Recently it's been the the putting. So for Rom, ironically, this might have to be a stupid fucking putting contest. And, and between those three guys, the guy who puts better might win. Is there anybody way down the board who, who you might look at? I thought about Wyndham Clark, but I, I've had to eat my foot on him from last week because, you know, he, he, he once shot, had first round lead in Phoenix and he just blew up this week. So I'm out on Wyndham. That's it. It's enough already. Is there anybody further down the board you're excited about? I'm going to give you three or four names and depends on how far is far down the board, but everyone
0: remember, just a few weeks ago, everyone was on Matt McNeely and everybody thought, Oh, this kid's going to win at pebble. I mean, he played well at pebble, right? West coast guy. He's going to smash it. There grew up around and he finished in 33rd place. And then he withdrew early from Phoenix. Didn't play at all. I don't think there was an injury or anything Mm -hmm. and everyone's forgotten about him. And now he's 90 to one and he's really low-priced in DFS, and it's like everyone's forgotten about Matt McNeely. He's still a really good player. It's only been two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, Eric Van Royen is someone I'm just going to hunch EBR.
2: on. yeah.
0: EBR, I, I feel like that Iron Game could be really good around Riviera. He's a guy that doesn't get enough attention for probably how good he is, and I think he's going to uh, show up this week. Francesco Molinari is going to be the public pick. He's the popular pick that everyone goes, did you know he actually – he moved out to LA and he joined Riviera. I don't know if you knew that. That's going to be like the water cooler pick. If we still had water coolers where the people go, Oh, let me try to like tell my buddy something that he doesn't know. And people go, wow. I didn't know that. And everyone knows it. Like literally everyone who, who <laughs> pays attention to golf knows this little factoid already. And then I'll go down uh, a little more. I, Doug Gim is a guy that I've seen. I wrote him up in my column. A few other people wrote him up today. I, I can see Doug Gim playing well. He was runner up there at the U S amateur years ago. I don't know if that necessarily means anything, but I think he's sort of mini Cantlay mini fits in a way in that, uh, he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to go 25 under at a birdie fest, but when it's tough scoring conditions, he's a guy that can show up and grind out bars and make a few birdies.
1: I thought you were going to do Thomas Peters for the other guy, the other I, water cooler there. guy, yeah. right? I've I mean, list He won. What was the amateur event that he won there? At, at and yeah, he's right. Right. Yeah. So he's back and and uh, he's won twice on the Euro tour over the last six months, eight months, whatever it is. He seems to be back in form. He he showed us with his second place finish at Augusta, that the type of class that he um, possesses. Uh, but I can't believe we're sort of going through chalk and we haven't talked about Colin Morikawa and we haven't talked about Rory McIlroy. And I love um what we've seen out of Cam Smith this season. cams I mean, I I how can I fade Cam Smith at this point? Yeah, I'm with you
0: on at least two of those three. Oh, who's that? Morikawa is a perfect course fit that hasn't played well here yet. But I mean, West Coast ball striking, hit some good irons. I mean that
1: can it, he putt like, on Poe? That's the thing. Can he putt uh, on can the anybody?
0: Poe? anybody? I don't know. Yeah. Can anybody? Uh, yeah. whatever. Great we'll point. find out. Great I point. mean, I, I think Morikawa should be. Um, probably getting talked about more than he is. And Cam Smith, you're right. Cam Smith shows up every single week. He was fourth year last year. The guy in the middle, that middle guy you mentioned, that Rory guy. Yeah. Uh, I just, I have such a tough time. He's going to show up twice a year to, to really contend three times a year. And then the floor is so low. So yeah. maybe in the betting markets, if you want to bet on him to win, I don't mind the number this week. So if you're just like, Hey, it's all or nothing. So I'm going for it. And maybe he wins this week. I'm okay with that. If you want to play him in DFS. That low floor scares me because he gets off to a bad start. He starts moping around. He never really finds it. And he's slamming the trunk on Friday afternoon. All of a sudden, you're like, I wasted, what, 9700 on DraftKings for Rory McElroy, and I only got two rounds out of him. It's not worth it.
1: I'm not going to make the case because I don't want to be responsible. I don't want the Eagle Enthusiast, the Birdie Buddies, yelling at me On the Twitter, I just will point out, and this is not my own uh, innovation. Lots of the smart data analyst guys in the golf community, including yourself, uh, have observed this. The correlations between this joint and Quail Hollow and Augusta, um, there's tons of overlap across the guys that have had success at all those venues. And Max, one of both. And well, and, and, you know, Bubba, you know, has a certain track record. DJ has a certain impressive uh, track record. Rory, his last wins quail hollow. So, you know, if, if it, if it fits his eye and he's had some good finishes at this, this venue, right? Yeah. He has, he's played well here and you're right.
0: There is a quail hollow correlation. I mean, look, I'm not saying that I hate Rory. In fact, like I said, for outrights, it's, I think it's a pretty good, what is he now? 20 to one. I think.
2: Yeah. You have some tough choices at? to make though. To your point yeah. from the top I mean, guys it, in the world, you gotta, you gotta decide who you're going to cut. I, this this week. is
0: one of those weeks where, you know what the hardest part for me in my column this week, when I was writing up the preview, it was finding a guy. I have a category at the end of it that says the big fade and trying to find someone to fade this week. I went all the way down to Russell Henley, which isn't really going out on. A strong <laughs> oh, moon, like, Russell. Hey, I hate Russell. I usually like Russell Henley, but I'm like, there was literally no one above him on the list where I go, nah, it can't be him this week. Because literally everyone who's 40 to one and shorter, I'm like, yeah, I can see it. And so yeah. the problem this week is avoiding. Well, I'm gonna sprinkle a little on ROM, I'm gonna take some Cantley. I'm gonna have old JT and Morikawa and DJ and Rory, and then I'll go down to Smith and Fitzpatrick and Neiman and Peters. All next thing you know, you've covered the entire board. You can't win that way. Don't bet right. that way, people. Just that, old, that's for old- you know, that's the golf betting community on Twitter. I Maybe they're listening here. And yeah. I kind of hope they are. But I love the guys on Twitter who go, you know, here are my 19 outrights this week. Oh, right. course of course, the next four days ago. Oh, by the way, I just added these 17 guys live. Yeah. And then on Sunday afternoon, they go, yep, nailed three of the top five. Look at me, another winner. Like
1: what? What are you talking about? There's no way you won money. We only do that fifty percent of the time on yeah, this show. That's right.
2: House, <laughs> House, I am looking at I am looking at Kepka at thirty one hundred and just trying to understand.
1: I just I'm going to keep betting Kepka, you know, in various yeah. slices as long as he's at the price. I'm not not an outright to win. He could he could win, but you know he he looks like he is intending to compete. Like that was very competitive four yes. rounds of golf. Now he was. He's talking know, def- def- like it defending. more so than he's looking
2: like it too. He was too. Def-
1: he was defending, and you know, for another time, we're about out of time on on this week. But I am interested. So, well, for our next conversation, I I feel there feels like there's something going on in terms of these strengths of field, where the guys are acclimating to the new schedule with the mass the the players right around the corner in mid March. Uh, so it's mid mid February as guys are coming from Europe uh, over here they're coming over earlier guys are getting situated it's because the run is now mid-March players mid-April masters uh mid-May PGA so on and so forth um so I, I it feels like we're getting you know this really great uh uh experience with top players in in the in the world here showing up at these events you know with increasing frequency i hope that's the case do you think that's possible I think so. Guys are trying to figure out those schedules. We've seen more players and granted they're PGA tour
0: members, but a guy like Fitzpatrick, a guy like Peters, a guy like Alex Noren guys who kind of teeter back and forth between both tours are, are saying, let me come over here earlier in the year, skip some of those middle East events uh, on the DP world tour and get over and play in the States and try to make some money, try to get some points, try to set up my year. So that certainly helps. And then, yeah, you've got all these guys who are some of the best players in the world going out and and playing some big time early season golf. So whether it's Torrey Pines, whether it's Phoenix, whether it's this week at Riv, yeah, we're getting some really strong strength of fields. Although uh, Nate, you said the the word before top heavy. Yeah, yeah, this qualifies as a very top heavy field, and so I think when you're looking at it for betting purposes, you look at the top ten, and that's going to be the big storyline for the entire week. Oh, the top ten in the world are here. It's the first time in forever that's a non major WGC players or playoff event where we've got all top 10 in the world. That's great. But then there is definitely a drop-off where you go down yeah, the list. Stay like, off
2: oh. of Aaron Beverly this week, guys. Yeah, no offense. I mean, it'd be a great story. I mean, <laughs> yeah, great story. It's just Tiger's
1: going to give the is Tiger giving the trophy. I know Tiger's going to be there. Will you stay around for Sunday to actually present the trophy? Do we think if yes. I was
0: Tiger, I would stay at the course for
2: as long as possible. Well, let's okay. not forget this is There's this is answer. a tough weekend for him. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Tuesday yeah, yeah. following this thing was the accident, so who That's knows right. emotionally where he's going to be this week? But I we suspect, know he'll be there. Yeah, we know he'll be there, and, and that he, maybe he'll just stick it through and try to uh, live to see another day. It's it's going to be nice to see him this weekend.
1: Well, fellas, uh, should we should we all say who we think that, that uh, Tiger will be handing the trophy to? Then then we'll we'll call it a day.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, he said Cantley. You, you yeah. said lay. Yeah. did you not? Yeah, I'm so on record with Cantley He's on record
1: in his, in his story.
2: House. Go,
1: go ahead, Nate Dogg. You, you want
2: me to go? I'm saying JT until he wins. That's... So, I, This is not a one-and-done podcast. So Thomas is going to win a golf tournament very soon, as soon as he figures out his putting, and I think it'll be this week.
1: I'm on Kepka. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and, and you know, I just can see it, right? I can see Tiger standing there. I can see uh, Brooks with his perfect teeth and the blonde hair, you know, right, right there. Put, re- reminding us all, like, we are we have this upcoming run that we're about to go on, and he's he wants to be in the top five again in the world. I like Brooks Kepka. I hope somebody shaves his head if he wins.
2: <laughs> maybe he'll do it. Maybe, maybe he'll
1: do it. Let that be the parting thought. Our homie, Jason Sobel, you can find him on Golf Bet at the Action Network. You can find him on SiriusXM on the golf channel there, the PGA Tour channel, and all across these internets, uh, the podcast, the many podcasts that he does. Uh, check him out. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much for coming on. You got it. Thanks, boys. All right. Nate Dog, we've done it. Another beautiful edition of fairway roll and we shall be back next week to see whether or not we were in the ballpark with who tiger gave that trophy to uh and then it's we're off and running to florida i believe is that right don't we head to florida after we this? head straight
2: to florida so i gotta i'm gonna go go watch the tourney in the backyard this week and then we're gonna then we're gonna bid adieu as it, as it heads east there we go eagle enthusiasts birdie buddies par saving pals let's hit them straight out there.